You're listening to audio from Faith Church, located on the north side of Indianapolis. If you'd like to check out more information about our church and ministry, you can find us at faithchurchindy.com. Now here's the teaching. Well, in uh, junior high school, I was uh, one of a few students from uh, my choir who was able to go on a trip to Europe. It was a wonderful experience in so many ways, uh, very memorable. One of the most memorable experiences was visiting Dachau, the German concentration camp just outside Munich, even for a relatively immature 13-year-old. It was a powerful experience to see the shocking, the, the raw, the ugly reality outcome of religious and ethnic hatred. I remember the, the, the feeling of the place more than the details of it so much. It's just a feeling of heaviness and darkness, like walking through a, a permanent funeral experience. Just... Uh, the, the obvious signs of the, the violence and hatred that were there, but also the awareness of, of a whole system that had woven itself through the culture of oppression and injustice and terror. It was a sobering reminder of human brokenness. Memorials like that are important. They help us feel the weight of the tragedy Because without those memorials, we would be tempted to repeat the same mistakes, the evils of the past. There's a reason that never again is the watchword of Holocaust memorials. Because we're sobered with the horrors of what took place. And even though we can't change the past, we can see those things and affect the future. Lamentations is, in a sense the literary equivalent of a Holocaust memorial. It's a memorial to the powerful nature of sin and the reality of God's holiness. And sin is that bad and God is that holy. It's a memorial to a a broken world and a righteous God. the, The background to this book is in the sixth century BC when God's people had turned away from him and the empire of Babylon is waging a war, a three-year siege against Jerusalem. The inhabitants nearly starved to death. Finally, the Babylonian army broke down the city gates, sacked the capital, and destroyed, tore down the city walls. And almost everyone who was still alive was taken into slavery. God's temple and his holy city were a smoldering ruin. What do you say to that? How do you respond? How do you process that? Many of us are unfamiliar, maybe even uncomfortable with the idea of lament. Maybe you've had this experience. You've shared with someone uh, some struggle in your soul, some doubt, some failure, some fear, some brokenness, and and there's a variety of responses that you may get. Some people may respond with visible discomfort. Other people want to move quickly to uh, look on the bright side and and try and offer a a quick solution, throw throw out a verse to make things feel better. Some people will respond with uh, awkward silence. Some may excuse themselves to try and get out of the tension. 
When people say in the conversation, they may respond in unhelpful ways. People mean well. I mean, I've done those things. We've probably all offered those kinds of responses. But, but it's clear in those responses that most of us don't know how to join in grief. We don't understand lament. It's unfamiliar terrain. And that's what makes the sorrow all the worse. It feels like we've been abandoned, we're alone, we're forgotten, or maybe worse, God is the one who's abandoned us or taking out his wrath on us. And there's no one to help, no one who understands, no one who even seems to care. People see your suffering and they just walk past. That's what Jeremiah records for us in this, these few verses of Lamentations chapter 1. Jerusalem is personified. This is the city of Jerusalem standing in for God's people crying out. Is it nothing to you, all you who pass by? Look and see if there's ever any sorrow like my sorrow, which the Lord brought upon me, which he inflicted in the day of his fierce anger. From on high he sent fire into my bones, he made it descend, he spread a net for my feet. He turned me back, he has left me stunned and faint all the day long. Just this week I started in the first of what will be 13 sessions in a grief share group that's taking place here at Faith Church. Uh, one of the things that uh, was brought out in the very first session was this statement, you are all now members of a community you never wanted to be a part of. The reason groups like that exist is because we're all there together because we're bringing some significant loss, some grief, some sorrow that we need others to hear and understand and help us process and to say, I, I see you, and I'll walk through this with you, and, and we'll learn how to lament together. That's kind of what Lent is like, too. This season of Lent is about giving us time and space and encouraging us together to grieve and lament our brokenness and the world's brokenness. Lament is how Christians grieve. It's how we help hurting people. It's how we express important truths about God and about the world and about what we have experienced in it. And Lamentations, this book of lament, is reminding us who we are and who God is and what kind of world we live in. The, the brokenness that's woven into the fabric of life under the sun can waken us to circumstances that should break our hearts. Through, through chaos, through grief, lament can become our teacher. It, it can help us see what is really important. When we remember the, the biblical storyline of creation and fall and redemption and glory, it helps us walk through moments of sorrow while being able to connect what we're feeling right now to a bigger story with a greater hope than what we see right in front of us. Walking through sorrow without understanding how to embrace the grief, how to lament properly can stunt the grieving process. 
But learning how to lament helps us and helps others learn how to wrestle with the sorrow and wait on God instead of needing to try and quickly solve it or, or push it off to the side somewhere else. Because just like with every sorrow that you've experienced, there's a history behind the laments in this book. The pains that you've experienced, the laments that you know are part of your story. There, there are lessons that God intends for us to learn and ways he intends to help us grow through those things. And one of the things that we come face to face with is that all lament and suffering have their roots in the brokenness of this world. Because sorrow and pain owe their existence to ultimately, if not us personally, individually, corporately as humans, our rebellion against God. Lament interprets suffering through the lens of the problem of sin in the world. And, and please hear me, I'm not saying that your suffering is a direct result of some sin in your life. Not every calamity is a result of our bad choices, although sometimes that does happen. For many years in my 20s, I had an aversion to orange juice, and uh, there, there was nothing normal about that because I'd grown up drinking orange juice and liked it fine, but one time in college I got drunk on alcohol and orange juice and I became violently ill. And for many years after, I couldn't even stand the smell of orange juice. Some of our suffering is like that. We bring it on ourselves through our own foolishness and rebellion. Sometimes bad choices are the problem, and God allows us to suffer consequences. But ultimately, whether it's our individual choices or the choices of others or the outworking of sin in this world, the results of our rebellion against God are always decay and destruction and death. And the Bible tells us that creation itself is groaning, longing to be delivered from its bondage to decay. Every death, every war, every loss, every injustice, every hurt, every tear owe their existence at some level to sinful rebellion against God. And our natural response when we suffer is to personalize it, of course. Why is this happening to me? How, how, what did I do to deserve this? And pain can make us self-focused and then want to keep other people's pain at a distance. And corporate lament in this season of lament, Lent reminds us that our pain is not the only pain. My suffering is not the only suffering. And sin is far more pervasive than my personal experience. Our collective rebellion against God shows up in, in our culture, in our communities, in our cities in our economies and, and lament wakes us up to the reality of other people's suffering, not just our own. It gives us a language to weep with those who weep. But ultimately so that we can move through sorrow to trust. We express our hurts, our sorrows, our confusion while reaffirming the reality of who God is in the face of those pains and that brokenness. Lament moves us from apathy 
It, it moves us to engage with the longing and the hurt and the brokenness that others experience as well. So unlike any other day in the church calendar, Ash Wednesday brings us face to face with death. Tonight is a painful dose of reality. It's the day when the church declares to us and to the world, we are all in the process of dying. And we are powerless to prevent it. Even the finest medical technology, even the strictest healthy lifestyle, diet, exercise can do nothing to change the fact that the death rate is still one per person. And so tonight we reconsider the, the meaning of life and death and have an opportunity to have ashes placed on our forehead, not in a random pattern, but in the sign of the cross. Because it's through Jesus' death on the cross that our death is redeemed and rescued. I will die, and you will die, but we can live and die in Christ with hope and with confidence in the one who has conquered death for us. And then we'll have an opportunity to come to the one communion table with one meal that we share together as a church, front and center, a table of life set for us in the midst of death. Lament invites us to grieve and to trust, to struggle and to believe. Let's pray. Father, thank you for reminders from your word and the truth and the honesty and the helpfulness of your word that shows us the things that sometimes we don't want to see or the things that we sometimes struggle to name. Lord, as we enter into the rest of this service tonight and the experience of lament through this season of Lent, help us to do it, Lord, with courage and faith and hope that you know, you care, and Jesus is at work to redeem all of our brokenness and bring us through death to life. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Thank you.